electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm David Faber, along with Jim Cramer. We are live from the New York Stock Exchange. Carl Quintanilla, he's live from the Code Conference in Los Angeles. Of course, we're coming off a very rough day for the markets. Let's give you a look at futures as we get ready to start trading here at the NYSE. 30 minutes from now, you can see, yeah, an up open. Up, at least thus far. I think it's nine. It's kind of early. It's early. It's early. It's early. Let's get to our roadmap. Of course, it does start with what has been uh, volatility, beating down tech shares, at least of late, looking to rebound as Wall Street reels from one of the worst sell-offs we've seen this year and certainly the worst day since May. Tesla's CEO, his name well, is Tesla's Elon Musk. Tesla's CEO says the stock price is too high. We'll have the highlights from Code, where Elon Musk also targeted Biden, Bezos, and tax avoidance criticism. And hundreds of United Airlines employees face termination for failing to comply with the company's vaccine mandate. We're going to be joined first on CNBC by CEO Scott Kirby. That will be in a few minutes. Those Musk comments were great. Going to get to Carl for those but he was, uh, in he was a bit. Subdued. I <laughs> yeah. didn't like that sort of butchy stuff. But, uh, I want the but boisterous. Before we do that, do want to start off with the markets, get your take on things, sort of what you think is the key perhaps to trading today. Uh, given that sell-off yesterday, we've talked a lot about tech. We've talked a great deal, of course, about the move upward in rates, so to speak, at least over, let's call it, the last week. Um, anything changed for you Natural over the last 24 hours? Peaking. Natural and gas may be yes. peaking. And that is causing people to say, well, wait a sec, isn't that that and the incendiary comments by Senator Warren about throwing the bum out, Jay Powell? I, was, I think that we're already about, what, about 20 hours removed from that? Yeah. By the way, I thought that was over the top, and let's, I am, well, you I know am the king of the over the top. Yeah, so. let's listen to it and then, oh, and right? then react. It's, not, it's, not, it's 902. I know, but you mentioned it. We might as well okay. listen to Senator Warren yesterday. As you point out, it was during the hearings yesterday that we were taking live. Uh, but hear what she had to say about Powell. Over and over, you have acted to make our banking system less safe, and that makes you a dangerous man to head up the Fed, and it's why I will oppose your renomination. And I, I, many people scratching their heads in terms of what she might be referring to, Dangerous, Jim. Dangerous man. Well, dangerous in, in what way? I didn't detail how he's made the banking system less safe. I mean, the banking system theoretically has more cash than it ever had. I mean, the other day, uh, he put the wood to Charlie Sharp and Wells Fargo, yeah. even though they got plenty of... Does it matter that Warren says this? Does it actually well, make a difference? It, it got people to be able to speculate. It, it was it got her on TV, mm-hmm. and I know she's better than that. I wish she would take this back. I think she should take back the word dangerous. I think she may think that banks are less uh, less highly regulated, but what are you going to do? The banks have gotten better. Do you just stay... Uh, you just stay on top of them even more? Uh, I, I don't know. Our banks versus... I'm, I'm speaking to Anna Boutin tomorrow. Mm-hmm. The, the largest bank in Europe. Yes. 
sub, uh, Banco Santander. Right. And, and those banks would wish that we have, wish to have what we have. So I'm taking off the table the dangers. I thought it was unfair. All right. Do you think it has any impact on the market, though? It did yesterday. Right. Yes. You had natural gas soaring. You had the lines in uh, for gasoline. You had Evergrande. Well, you had the lines Still, for gasoline in the U.K. due UK. to trucker shortage because no, they can't get the gasoline is, to the actual right. uh, petrol stations. I, I put up six things yesterday. I said if one of them goes right, then we can bounce. But we can only bounce. We're seasonally in a bad shape. I don't know, David. I mean, I know Novogratz was on. Novogratz entertaining, but in reality, he's very good in saying that we're only down 4 or 5% in the S&P. Yeah. There's still a lot of people who are trading options furiously on Robinhood. Uh, that's a great indicator to me that there's still too much uh, excessive speculation in the market. There's still stocks that come up. You can see them on the bottom, David, on what we call the crawl. Yeah, I know. There's you- always... I, you, I love how you watch that. I do because I there's do. that's part of that's called pump and dump. Yeah, that's pump, and then later on you got dump oh, or BGL. Lucid's that's up bag again. That's Bagum, Gunum, and Liquidator. <laughs> Bagum, Gunum, and Lucid's going to have a nice move again. They're well, actually starting uh, starting uh, to deliver, starting production. We'll yeah. get to we'll see how that stock performs. Uh, Twenty five minutes. But then we're at an inflection point there because what, what's yeah. happened is is that. The ones that are most negative, like a Micron, yes. I think could conceivably rally. Uh, uh, okay, well, let's talk Micron because yeah. it wasn't the report, it was the guidance. Yeah, but uh, it was guidance for the next quarter, and it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought. Okay, because where's my. Uh, here, Wedbush says this on, on Micron. I want to get your take. Wedbush from Micron um, says that Tesla's too low. Um, Micron's guidance revolves around whether the memory industry is entering a prolonged down cycle versus encountering a more modest demand blip that will correct relatively quickly. Which do right. you think it is? I'm in, I'm in the latter camp. Uh, I, I'm speaking to Sanjay Marocha after after this show. Yes. And I think the fact is, is that he only guided the first quarter down. And he didn't guide gross margins down big, which means there's no glut. In the feast or famine situation we've had in previous Micron, it's glut or famine. We don't have that. And I think a lot of it is because it's no longer just PC, even though it's still about 75% DRAM. Yeah. There are other forces at work that are keeping DRAMs from uh, being deployed, and that has to do with shortages of other chips. Think autos. Right. When you speak to Jim Farley, by the way, we didn't make nearly enough about what Farley did yesterday. Well, we did spend a little bit of time on but it, certainly, stop. and obviously Squawk had him on, but I agree. It would say twice the number of batteries it was a, of, of, of Mr. Tesla. Yeah. And Kathy Wood sold a huge amount of Tesla yesterday. And Tesla is playing ball with the PRC. I don't think this is easy sledding. I'd rather back Farley over Musk. Really? Yes. I, it's I, Ford versus Musk. I can't help but then go to Carl, uh, given you bring up Musk. And we'll get back to some of our uh, more uh, specific stuff on the markets, Carl. But, you know, Musk was a guest at Code. He had a lot of things to say. And I want to send it over to you with, uh, with that. Yeah, David, a really expansive discussion yesterday between uh, Elon Musk and Kara Swisher. They talked a bit about crypto regulation, where that's headed, uh, what's going on with the China crackdown on the wealthy, a very long talk about the economics of space and rocketry. Uh, but inevitably, it comes back to the topics of his wealth, talked about his options that are vesting, uh, more jokes about the SEC, or as he calls it, the Short Seller Enrichment Commission, and of course, the stock itself. Take a listen. I have literally gone on record and said I think our stock price is too high, in my opinion. And this did nothing to stop the rise of the stock price. No. Um, so, I don't know, what am I supposed to do, you know? Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm not the one making it go up. 
As for his personal taxes, he did respond to that ProPublica report of a few months ago about billionaires' tax structure. He didn't uh, respond to their request for comment at the time, but he did add that it overlooks the amount of money that he has committed to Tesla from the very beginning through a long cycle of risk. Take a listen to that. It was the first in and it'll be the last out. Um, and um, the success of SpaceX and Tesla was far from assured. And there are many times when it looked like the companies would, and they, they did, they skirted bankruptcy many times, but I never tried to take money off the table. And now this is being, trying to be, be turned around and, and made into a bad thing. And I, this is it's messed up. A huge block of options will sell in Q4, because I have to, or they'll expire. Um, and my top marginal tax rate uh, is 53% which he said will be an issue in his life, David, in the coming uh, months, really, as those options begin to vest. And he will have a very large tax bill that comes due. Uh, overall, a fascinating discussion. You know, it's funny, for all the innovation that Musk talks about, it was kind of a dark conversation about the threats to humanity. Uh, AI safety, Jim, was a big deal for him. He calls it the second biggest threat to humanity uh, behind uh, the declining uh, birth rate all around the world and what that means for the future. Uh, a lot of discussion about the ph philosophy, the profound moment, as he put it, of going to space, of putting a self-sustaining city on Mars, a base on the moon, and what that might mean for learning answers about the universe and the meaning of life, as he put it. Uh, but a very broad discussion uh, covering all kinds of things from minor things like the stock to where the human race is headed. Yeah, I, I don't know, Carl, that little video he did about how he wished it had been contained AI reminds me very much of uh, Terminator 2 and how we wish that somehow we had not let that out of the box. Uh, Terminator 2, obviously, the good guy wins the good. Yeah, well, that is, that is fiction, just so we're clear. Just wanted to make sure you remind people. Fiction? Yeah, for now. But it is reminiscent of fiction. it. He, uh, Musk has been worried about AI for quite some time. Right. He continues to be. He famously you called you a simulation many years ago. True. Uh, but you've kind of disliked him ever since. Well, no, I've just, I, I, no, that would put me on the plane of being able to be allowed to dislike him. But I did think what, one of the things that he said was very, yes. very interesting is that he, he's not as worried about COVID as other people. Mm -hmm. And I think, David, he's coming around to your, you know, he's been your view, just that you were, he was early. Yeah. Which is get on with the show. If you're vaccinated, yes. get on with the show. What is the point? Yes. I was out to dinner with some people. Asked if everybody's vaccinated, showed the card. I was not going to then show trepidation. What was the point of being vaccinated? Well, that's that's the point. I've I mean, what was the point? Right, but that's becomes a psychological barrier for some, and/or is used as others. I mean, listen, there are valid there well, are valid reasons that some Scott people are Kirby. still concerned and don't want to fully partake in society. There are others who are using it as a reason not to come back to work, even though they're doing everything else. Yes, you know, they're going out and doing all sorts of things, and obviously there are some employers who are frustrated by that. But back to Musk for a moment. Sure. Uh, you know, he he made the point that he's going to exercise all these options, pay the taxes on him. He has been there throughout, right. taking enormous risks with the capital that he put in. All true. All true. All true. And how about the fact no one cares that he plays ball with the PRC? I mean, you know, the big issue, David, yeah. is not necessarily going to be uh, Zuckerberg and how horrible he is. He may not be as horrible as we think. Okay. Carl, I think the big issue is going to be who kowtows to the PRC and sells a lot of product versus who says, you know what? They are not a force of good. I'm not going to sell in there. Carl, this is going to be the this is going to be the issue of 2022. And everyone wants to skirt it. Right. Why? Because everyone wants to sell into China. 
Yeah, I agree. A lot of the reaction to the chat with Kara and Musk has been what he said about China. He thinks things will head in a more positive direction. He was asked about sort of this crackdown and somehow tied it to COVID, arguing that in China, their economy and government structure is much more tied into in-person meetings. And as a result, once COVID, uh, once the restrictions loosen, things might get better there. On the other hand, was sharply critical of the White House and the president uh, for uh, not inviting them to this EV summit with uh, GM and Ford, calling the administration biased and and run by unions. So uh, directionally today, there's an argument that that Musk was uh, favoring uh, China's rhetoric over the U.S.'s today. Thank you. Yes, that Carl's got it dead right. That's And that is going to be what's going on yeah. between the coming war of all the novels, talking about the coming war with China, and the people who want to make money. Yeah. Their single source of truth says don't make money there. I'm saying that Zuckerberg actually versus China, the issue, Zuckerberg may actually come out fair a little bit better than the bad guys. Uh, very is that, too, is that too positive? And will continue to be. No, but also we know that there are changing responsibilities of the corporation and pressures on corporations to sort of do things that they perhaps and participate in things that they wouldn't have previously. And one does wonder whether they will also make that choice when it comes to China. Yes. Um, and listen perhaps to some of their shareholders and or customers. Well, this when is she versus Biden. When we come Musk, back, speaking of choices. That, that, yeah, speaking, we got to go. Speaking of choices yeah. businesses have made, by the way, United Airlines CEO Scott Kirby on that carrier's vaccine mandate and a lot more. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Shehi a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. United Airlines begins the process of terminating nearly 600 workers who declined to comply with the carrier's vaccine mandate. Our Phil LeBeau joins us now, and he has United CEO Scott Kirby with us. Phil. Thank you, David. Let's bring in Scott Kirby from United's headquarters. Scott, thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, You have 97 percent compliance, 97 percent of your employees saying they're getting at least one shot. They'll be fully vaccinated in the next couple of weeks if they aren't already. And yet you're going to have to fire 593 workers. What are your thoughts about having to cut those workers? Well, look, I'm really proud uh, and gratified that the United team, uh, excluding the people that have applied for religious or medical accommodations, over 99 percent got vaccinated. It proves 
that vaccine mandates do work and that you can get a huge percentage of your popular of, of your workforce vaccinated. You know, I wish it had been 100 percent, but it was never going to be 100 percent. But I think 99 percent we feel feel really good about. Um, I, you know, I feel bad for the 593 people, the less than one percent. Uh, that are going to leave, but we were focused on doing the right thing for United Airlines, uh, and it's great to have this in the rearview mirror for us and the ability to just move forward now. Scott, after you let those workers go, and you've got about 2,000 who have applied for a religious or a medical exemption, so likely those jobs will they'll either be put on some type of a leave, but they're not going to be working the front line. So you're looking at about roughly 3% of your workforce who will not be on the job, so to speak, in the office or out at the airport, wherever it might be. Will there be any impact on your operations because of those jobs not being filled immediately? Absolutely not. You know, there's no impact. In fact, it's quite the opposite at United Airlines. It's such a small percentage, uh, and we planned and prepared for this, uh, that we're now able to, you know, confidently run a strong operation. Like, if you look at the federal requirements, which uh, could go into effect as early as December 8th, you know, I know other businesses, but also particularly other airlines, are really worried about what it means for their operations come December 8th. And at United Airlines, there's no worry at all because we'll have everyone that's working at the airport already vaccinated. Um, and this really is, is great. You can put with confidence at United because of that. Uh, because everyone is vaccinated, we'll know uh, that we've met any of the requirements that are going to be put in place uh, by the federal government um, and be ready to run a great operation with a fully vaccinated workforce. Scott, any thought of mandating that they uh, take booster shots if it's ever approved by uh, the regulators for the broader population? Will you say at some point, let's say it's approved in January, February, whenever it might be, hey, you've got to get a booster shot as well. Will that be a mandate? Well, I think it's too early. Uh, You know, the data and the science just isn't um, robust enough and done to make conclusions on that. But we'll follow the, gu- the guidance uh, of the experts, the CDC uh, and others uh, to think about that decision. But that's uh, far enough in the future that, you know, there's not enough evidence yet to to have an opinion on, on where that's going to go one way or another. Scott, Jim Cramer, thank you for coming on Squawk on the Street. I want to talk about the religious exemption. It's uncomfortable yeah. to talk about religion. We're a business show. But yesterday, uh, the pope said that if you're absent, it's unjustly absent. And he's not going to pay people because he believes that the Vatican should be 100 percent vaccinated Uh, in the Judeo-Christian Bible traditions. Neither the Old Testament nor the New Testament makes any suggestion that you should do anything other than choose life, which would therefore be opposite about the idea of not taking the vaccine. So, uh, again, that's just uh, two religions. But what exactly does religious exemption come down if the pope says you should be vaccinated, and the Old Testament can be yeah. attributed to be saying you can be vaccinated. Well, I'm with you uh, and the Pope on this one, uh, as a, my personal opinion. Uh, it's hard to find religions. Uh, the only one I know of, actually, is Seventh-day Adventists uh, that, you know, really have restrictions, uh, religious restrictions against it. Uh, you know, our lawyers have, have, at least for now, asked us to take a much broader perspective uh, on religious exemptions. And because we've got such a small percentage, you know, less than 3%, and that includes medical, about a third of those are medical exemptions. 
So 2% that have applied for religious exemptions. We're now down to a level where we can start working through those case by case. And, and some of them may wind up getting denied as a legitimate religious exemption. Uh, some of them, we may move them to a job where they don't have to interact with other people uh, because it's a small enough number. Um, but our goal is going to be to have none of those employees working in customer-facing areas uh, until COVID is over. Scott, uh, Scott, it's David Faber. Um, you know, as many companies try to get employees back in the office, uh, start to deal with the potential national mandate to get people vaccinated, what would be your advice to them, uh, other CEOs uh, who are dealing with this, uh, given you've gone through it in terms of how you communicate with employees and how you get to at least 97, 98 percent? Just do it. I mean, one of the greatest taglines in history. Uh, you know, we started this seven weeks ago before there were any mandates anywhere else. We said, here's the date, and you just have to do it. You know, we've had discussions with people, but we haven't argued uh, with with employees. We've said we can agree to disagree. Um, you know, I've seen the you know Bulgarian doctors and all the others that say vaccines are bad. Um, research from people, and just like we agree to disagree on those things. Um, but this is the the policy at United Airlines, and you just have to make a choice as an employee. Uh, and over 99 percent uh, chose to get the vaccine, and and our. Workforce is broadly representative of the you know broad population. Workers in all 50 states, all political stripes, mechanics, flight attendants, pilots, gate agents, broad representation of the workforce. I think our experience is representative of what every company will have. If you just do it, say, here's the rule, here's the guideline, here's the date, and stick to it, you're, everybody's going to get to around 99%. Hey, Scott, it's Phil here. We're uh, pushing up against a hard deadline here, so I need a quick answer on this one. Okay. What are you seeing in terms of bookings as the, as the COVID cases start to ease a little bit? Are bookings starting to improve as you look at the fourth quarter? They absolutely are. We've plateaued and started to come back. Business bookings are back to the previous peak that they hit in June, and the opening of the transatlantic means this week, actually, our Atlantic bookings are have been higher this week than they were for the same week in 2019. So we appear to have bottomed out. Getting everyone vaccinated is important to continuing that recovery, not just for aviation, but for the country overall. Uh, but we appear to have bottomed and be back on the road to recovery. Scott Kirby, the CEO of United Airlines, joining us from the company's headquarters in Chicago. Scott, thank you very much. David, I'm going to send it back to you. It'll be interesting to see. Thank you, Scott. It'll be interesting, David, to see how this uh, plays out, not only with other airlines, but other companies over the next several weeks. Because there are other companies that have uh, these vaccine mandates. Let's see what the compliance rate is with those. Yeah, so interesting. Uh, You heard him. Just do it. That's what Kirby says when it comes to getting it done. Uh, Phil, thank you for bringing that to us. Phil LeBeau, a lot more Squawk on the Street for you. Straight ahead. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Let's say, give you a look at the uh, pre-market leaders on the S&P 500 as we head into trading. You can see Dollar Tree. I have it. I have it. It's going to be for my mad dash. Okay. We're going to do Dollar Tree in the mad dash. We've just told you that. Stand by. It's coming up after this.
exactly one minute till we get started with trading here at the NYC on what Jim and I like to call hump day. Yes, and we're about to get a lot of screaming here because of Warby Parker. We I are. So get in Dollar Tree, which yes. you already told okay, us you want to so do. Dollar Tree. Barclays says, when all else fails, break the buck. David, they are moving aggressively for the combo store. Uh, doing an increased buyback, $2.5 billion. Uh, they are opening up Dollar Tree Plus furiously. I think it's going to work. This thing has lagged. Dollar General Bandit. Time to buy Dollar Tree. Time to buy Dollar Tree yes. as opposed to Dollar General. And as uh, Jim told you, of course, there is the applause building here. Warby Parker, uh, direct listing going public uh, right here. Of course, they were guests earlier on Squawk Box, but they are here at the NYSE. Not raising capital, but obviously a big listing for them. Still losing money. Very, very tough interview by Andrew Ross Sorkin with these guys, questioning their brick-and-mortar strategy. Their margins are not that good. They have not been able to increase in direct-to-consumer. David, if you have a brand name, this is the time to come public. The now, way, they have adjusted the EBITDA, it's positive, of course. Over at the NASDAQ, it was uh, the diagnostic testing company, Lumira DX, that did the honors. Yeah, you're not a believer no. in, in Warby. I'm not a believer in, in half the companies that are coming public right now. Well, you don't like that toast. It went up 50% in its debut. So, I mean, you might be a good sign for them well, being negative. I mean, oh, look, all I'm saying is, is that there's usually no analyst coverage of direct direct. Uh, and what happens? They have is a reference price here. I think forty, 40 bucks, seven right? times sales. David, I'm uncomfortable with seven times sales for a brick and mortar company that sells, uh, although integrated, integrated that sells eyeglasses. Right. And I think that it'll be interesting. People have a good experience. They might buy the stock, but you know that's not enough. You will pay more than seven times sales for any number of technology companies, though. They have no. Uh, inventory issues. They have no supply chain issues. They are not. They're cutting edge. Snowflake still, what, 80 times? Yeah. But I don't know I about Zoom. I of Frank I don't know about Zoom. Well, I want to pay you know, 50 it, times. It's interesting you mentioned Zoom because you think about that as well, given at, at its height, the multiple to revenues was, was extraordinary. But Zoom is far from its height. Uh, and you mentioned it this morning. Yes, yes, I'm focused yes. on it in part because something we've been talking about now for, let's call it the last month, is almost here, and that is the vote of shareholders of 5-9 to whether or not they're going to accept the offer. And they're not. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're not. <laughs> no, they're they're not. not. You know of course well, they're of course not. It does mean. There's not a chance they're but going to. the prices the, come down. The, 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 uh, uh, five nine stock is well below the price at which right. it inhabited prior to the Zoom deal. Zoom stock has gone down, down, down. To where it's 50 times and earnings. And it is an all-stock transaction. And you can see what's happened there. So the but question David, will become, it. Jim, what they will happen? Five, nine. What will happen? Has there been enough negotiation between the two parties that Zoom is going to be able to increase its consideration such that five nine shareholders will vote in favor. From what I'm hearing at this point, they just haven't gotten far enough along. Most likely, they adjourn the vote tomorrow. We see that. They won't vote up or down. They'll just adjourn. They need a platform. They need an ecosystem. This company is vital. Uh, I've had 5.9 on many times. They have fantastic well, growth. If, if you think it's vital, then, then Zoom is going to have to raise, and it's going to have to be mostly, if not all, cash. Maybe they can collar some stock to, to add in there, but mostly cash, and they got to go probably 40 bucks. At least. Well, you know, Zoom has to be more than Zoom. It has to be an ecosystem. It needs contact center. And the, by the way, this call center, this 5.9 has good growth. Uh, if you're Cisco, which is up against them yes. with WebEx, you they have all those different uh, 
accoutrements that go with it. Right. And I think Chuck Robbins is a lot more aggressive than people realize. I think Chuck's gunning for Zoom. Now, he has never trashed Zoom. It's not like the old days where people just trash each other. But I think Cisco's got a very credible product, has very good orders. I would not want to go against Chuck Robbins right now, other than than in uh, football because he likes the Falcons. It's the only thing, but he also likes the Braves and he likes the Niners. Uh, He's backing winners, two out of three. I'm just saying that, that Chuck is making real inroads in the enterprise and that's why I think this deal is so necessary for Zoom. Interesting. Well, they're going to have to pay up for it. The negotiation that got them the deal in the first place really was CEO to CEO. So it remains somewhat unclear, at least from my perspective, as to whether that's what's going to happen again. But, you know, you got to get some sort of sense of shareholders and what at 5-9 are going to be willing to accept. Because if the vote was actually held tomorrow, no way. No way. Why is this um, happening and no one else is talking about it other than you? I don't know. People are talking about every single IPO, whether it be Dutch Bro or Warby Parker. No one's talking about substance. You're the only guy that's talking about the SPAC world blowing up. Yeah, the SPAC world has blown up. We got a weird one today, though. Um, and I, by the way, there was one deal that had 2.5% redemptions. Oh, that's, that's perfect. Congratulations. Only 2.5%. That's the lowest I've seen. But you see this deal? It's actually a SPAC spin deal. Amicus, the company, is spinning off its new gene therapy business, Caritas, and it's going to be acquired by a SPAC, Aria 4. And Amicus will end up owning 36% of the new company if, in fact, there are no redemptions. Of course, there always are redemptions, so they'll probably end up owning more. But we do have one of these stocks is up nicely, uh, FOLD. If you take a look at Fold, yeah, actually, it's only Fold a 4%. Is guy, Fold's it's a real company. 4%. Yeah. I, I, you I know that like, company? Yeah, I know Amicus. You also know Cyrus One, don't you? You've had them I on like a Cyrus. few times. Yeah, well, I there was like, a, I like a Reuters Quinnix. story saying like they hired Quinnix Morgan best. Stanley, so that stock's moving a little bit. How about Morgan Stanley? Another downgrade. Yeah. And why? why? This is just fatuous reasoning. Okay. They're talking about it being boring. Okay. Now, David, the one thing you actually want to get a higher multiple if you're in the banking business is boring. Because that means you're not going to have some blow-up. I think Gorman deserves a much better price-to-earnings mobile than he's getting. I don't care. I want banking to be boring. What? I want, I want excitement? 13 times earnings. Oh, I don't want to own Morgan Stanley. It's not exciting. Oh, right. I mean, the stock has had, a, as have met, Goldman and Morgan both up almost identically. Look, it's destroying Morgan Stanley. For the year. My chapter just owns it much lower price. I'd buy that thing right now if I hadn't just mentioned it, and therefore I can't buy it. Okay. Um, what that's worth. Let's go back to big cap, mega cap tech for a moment. I don't uh, like it for now. Apple, Facebook, Alphabet, Amazon, Microsoft are all up, but yeah, you know, not them. up, and not up big. The heat as we get started will hit them here with the S and P. The up a bit. The Nasdaq is up about half a percent. What are your thoughts? No, stay away until the sellers are done. Don't be a hero. You know, pick one if you want. I mean, the ones that are doing well. Facebook, I can talk about endlessly. Given yeah. the fact there's a really terrific series in the Wall Street Journal, it gives you a lot of insight. Uh, yes, there is. It continues, you, by the way. Have you read that series? I have read, I think I've read every single Did one of them. Did you read yes. the autocracy piece in the Atlantic? No, Basically, I just says you, you need the military to stop Zuckerberg. David, it's we out. are in a moment where Zuckerberg is running a shadow country, according to Well, us. he doesn't have a lot of divisions, as you no, said. No, right. Stalin said that versus the Pope, who, of course, favors vaccination. I want to point that out. Yes, he does. Um, who speak- taught the Pope to tweet? I don't, little- I don't know. Okay, someone taught the Pope to tweet. I'm doing a question. Uh, uh, okay. Come on. Who's, who doesn't like who you? Was- who doesn't like you in the media? I mean, it, who's Mark Benioff. Exactly. But yeah, we didn't put in a formal but question. I said, who was Mark? Who is oh, Mark you did? Benioff? Okay, yeah. Benioff taught the Pope to tweet. 
Really? Did, yeah, he did. But by the way, that he, those days are over. He and I are, we're like this now. I know you are. I mean, I know he was in town. He, he mentioned. And I haven't heard from him. No, he was going to call you. We were Mr. Chow's. You should have come by. Have you looked at this Amazon Astro robot that tracks everything you do? Have you seen this? I want to get, you know what, Benioff, we got to get to Carl because um, Benioff was at Code or, and uh, had things to say about stay at home. They've been so aggressive, Carl at Salesforce in terms of letting people work from wherever they want for however long they want, but I know you've got that for us as well. No, I, it's, uh, I mean, we can see how it plays right into the, uh, the Salesforce playbook, of course, as they help corporate IT departments reinvent their, their infrastructure. But Benioff did talk about sort of the, uh, the difference between a digital headquarters and your physical headquarters. Take a listen to this. Take a look at the last 18 months. My digital life and my digital headquarters is way more important than my physical headquarters. We have 75, almost 75,000 people now. They're not in their towers. You know, we built these gorgeous towers. They're mostly at home, and uh, that's fine. And so their digital infrastructure is extremely important. The digital headquarters is just way more important than the physical headquarters, and we're not going back, and that's why we slack. Guys, this morning, Morgan Stanley's got a note out about some uh, REITs. Uh, They point out, for example, in New York City, Jim, apartment rents are way up. They're up almost 12 percent, but office rents are down 7.5, even as vacancy rates are near the record from uh, Q3 of uh, 21, as uh, people are moving back into cities but still don't need to go back to the office necessarily. No, and I, I had Sonos on last night. They can't even fill their demand. A lot of this is just the continual uh, not coming back to Stay the at office. Home, right. It's very interesting. If you read Trailblazer, Carl, which is uh, Mark Benioff's book, he talks about the importance of the Ohana, of giant lobbies, of buildings, about the need to be able to get together, and he blew it up. Now, Mark is very vaccine-centric, has been from the very beginning, but this is a, a total paradigm shift for Mark, who would genuinely believe the most important place to be is at the office. So anyway, I guess you can pivot pretty quickly, Carl, but uh, he sure is the most anti-COVID of every CEO, any CEO I know. Yeah, David, I mean, huge implications uh, if this, if you game this out uh, to, a, to an aggregate level where people have a good time living in cities, want to be around other people, but still have a digital Don't work go. life. Uh, ties right into the metaverse, which I know Jim thinks we're all going to do the show from the metaverse in a matter of years. Yeah, we're always going to be together, but we are going to we are the dinosaurs already. As I like to point out, though, they did <laughs> dominate the planet for 400 million years. They had a good show. So they had a good run. Yeah, they had good, uh, they had good numbers. But Carl, listen, it comes up all the time in every conversation that I have with a CEO or senior executive, because this is a grand experiment that we are just in the midst of beginning now, which is People are not coming back to the office five days a week. That is simply not going to occur in most places. Maybe you work at Goldman or Blackstone, okay, but for the most part, they're not. Maybe two days, maybe three, but we'll see. And the questions about mental health and whether it's good for people to be working from home all the time, the questions about uh, culture and the questions about how you onboard people who really are not connected to you necessarily in a physical way with any regularity. And so many other things that are not as easy to measure as simple productivity, which I question some of the measurements of, Jim, are going to be so interesting uh, to see how this works out over these next few years. I, I myself, am well, incredibly we're not going uncom- back. I'm we're incredibly not going uncomfortable. Back. I wore my suit last night to sleep. 
I don't like to be out my out my suit. I like to be at the office. Carl, there are some people who are creatures of habit, but talk about dinosaurs. I think it's so necessary to be with younger people and find out what they're up to. Yeah. I don't know how Carl, how do you train a, a younger person on Zoom? How do you do it? Well, I got to tell you guys, even the environment here at Code, it's been interesting. You know, you talk to people who were back at this conference, first time for many people since the pandemic began. And a lot of the questions is like, how did we ever do this uh, three times a week, going to various conferences, flying all around the country? Uh, we had uh, the Cosio of Waymo yesterday, Takedra Mawakana, who said maybe it is, uh, David, that, that second business trip that you do not take. And maybe that's why, you know, we might see a, a big jump in shares of Amex and Europeans start traveling here and corporate T&E goes up. But maybe there is a lower ceiling than we think right now. I, I tend to agree with that because the conversations I have, and I've shared this, are I will always get on a plane to win business, but once that business has been won, A, the client is not that interested in me coming to just have that every few months meeting in person or take go to dinner. They're just not as interested. And B, I'm not as interested. So if there's a feeling that Zoom or, or whatever gets it done is enough... That's where I wonder. Yeah, but David, always I mean, get on, you'll always get on the plane to win business. Right, but the, the way that the earnings are being set up in, for next year, the T&E budgets are down. You see that the expense structure is getting better. And it's because you don't have people going out and buying that Opus One, that bottle, a bottle right. of Opus One. Right. But to Carl's overall point, New York City, other major metropolitan areas, the office space, how it will be changed, what it actually means. Uh, for all the businesses that rely on workers coming to a, main, you know, a, a metro area, it's, I mean, here we are. It's a year and a half, and well, they're still I mean, not back. Carl, the reason why, obviously, we keep, one of the reasons why I have more faith in, the, in Jay Dangerous Pal, man of danger, Elizabeth Warren, is that, look, Carl, we all needed more cars than we thought because we stopped going to the office. And, and you, know, you can raise rates, but that will not stop that. And uh, by the way, can we again, uh, Farley knows that. Farley can't meet the demand at Ford. So, Carl, I mean, how can we be critical of Jay Powell for a major sea change in our country that he had nothing to do with? Yeah, I I agree. Uh, The line of the week for me was we're seeing supply chain effects that we have never seen before. And I I was looking at this quote from the Daimler CEO about the supply chain in in autos. You know, hopefully we're going to work our way back, but it's going to take a long time. Um, you have a supply chain that's dependent on not having any specific events like weather or hurricane or whatever else pops up. Normally, there's a little plasticity in the supply chain, but right now, uh, it simply can't afford any surprises. No, and there's Sherwin-Williams, only down three because of Hurricane Ida. Right. Yeah. And uh, there's just, it's one thing after another, but I do want to say that Costco, Home Depot, and Lowe's have been able to keep track of things. Walmart, Carl. Uh, my chapel are stones. It's been nothing short of disaster versus these other guys. Uh, well, let's. Uh, yeah, uh, Carl. Uh, Carl, of course, going to continue to be a say, sharing. A, yeah, go ahead, Carl. Sorry. I just was going to say, I, I noticed on the tape this morning, 150,000 seasonal workers at Walmart. It's going to be interesting to see where they find them. Yeah, it really is going to be interesting. They're not going to get them from Amazon. Although we didn't talk about the Amazon Astro, the new... No, you never got to that. uh, Here's a review. Astro is terrible and will almost certainly throw itself down a flight of stairs. The robot. The robot. The throw himself down a flight of stairs. They keep playing the darn music every time I have something interesting. What is that about, David? 
We don't want to hear from you. That's what it's about. What? Yeah, we've had enough. I don't want to hear from you. So we had to break. We don't have to hear from Jim anymore. Let's take another look at how the markets are faring this morning. <laughs> Go out with Benny off again. Go have breakfast. <laughs> All right, let's go to the bond report, by the way, while Jim goes get breakfast with Benny off. Uh, let's see how those moves are in treasuries. We've been focused on this for obvious reasons. It has had a, a broad impact on, uh, on equities, but you can see the 10-year note hanging right around 1.501%. We'll be right back. The froth has continued, and uh, the question is only time will tell how long uh, that will go. You know, markets, as we know, they move well in advance of where the world is going. Uh, and so it's just really a question of how patient investors are. And with the time value of money being nearly zero, uh, people should be quite patient. We'll make you pay. That was J.P. Morgan Asset and uh, Wealth Management CEO uh, Mary Callahan Erdos speaking earlier this hour. And you're going to make her pay? Delivering out for her. So I was talking to Mickey Drexler. Oh, okay, yeah. We're going to make him pay for dinner next time. Oh, You absolutely. paid last time. I paid last time. I don't put in. I've never put in. You know, I've never put an expense bill in 25 years. That way no one can ever say he padded his account. Yeah, that was expensive, too. Yeah. I don't put it's in. Expensive, too. It's right. not worth it. Back to Mary Erdos. You heard what she had to say. You know, uh, the bubble, 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 toil and trouble. Uh, uh, does anyone ever come on and say, you know what, Stock, some stocks are inexpensive versus their growth rate? I do. I think there are stocks that have now cooled off in the last few days and are getting interesting. Like what? Like what? Yeah, like what? Give me an idea. Okay, I'm going to give you one that is, I think, a high growth stock. Okay. That is, that is amazing. Upstart. Expensive as all get out, that but they is, are. Yeah, but that's the secret to be able to do AI lending, and I think AI lending is the future. Charlie Sharp chose that. You want an expensive stock? Wells Fargo. Charlie Sharp has fired everyone, and now I guess uh, he has to fire himself. Jim, look at that stock. No, I know what it was down yesterday. I thought that was an opportunity. It was Wells Fargo. Uh, Charlie Sharp, you mentioned, of course, great friend of. Uh, of Elizabeth Warren. Um, well, that was, that's you, a joke. You're making a joke there, yes, right? I'm kidding. Yes. Right. That's Upstart is set at 248 times earnings, but when you talk with David Girard, David, we are all going to be, this is the end of FICO, okay? okay. says FICO is a ridiculous, stupid measure that gives you no insight into whether someone can pay back a loan. And you know what, David? I agree with that. Okay. I think FICO is a joke versus what he's got. Um, well, maybe Evergrande should have done a few more FICO scores. We were oh, talking Evergrande. a lot about it last week. Of course, the possible default of that very large property uh, company in China. Uh, Mary Erdos had some thoughts on Evergrande as well. Take a listen. Everyone's talking about Evergrande as if it's a, a country. It's just a company. Uh, it's not a small company, but it's, it's not the largest thing that's happening in China. It's only 2% of the real estate debt market in China. It's only 1% of the China-U.S. dollar bond market, and it's less than half of a percent of the China local bond market. And so, no, is it a Lehman Brothers? No. Okay. It's never, the whole Lehman thing is a false narrative. Yes. yes. What it is is, has the government decided to attack the property sector, which is the big growth engine of that country? Uh, 30% GDP. It's been very overinflated. And also the greatest so, wealth creator. Right. Because the stock market, frankly, has not done a great deal no. there for some time. So, but is the government going to be after Evergrande and then the next? Or is Evergrande an outlier because there's 300 billion in debt? Well, we aren't, you know, listen, they did uh, sell a stake in a bank that has enabled them to raise Who another billion and a half. The state. <laughs> you know, 
think. Or I think I love them. Yeah. The giant, man, they're creative. But the state-owned enterprises are getting bigger once again. In well, and not just party. Pro- in all, party-owned enterprises. Right. And I'm not talking about the pajama party, just so you know. Okay. You can still register, by the way, for Delivering Alpha right now. You can get the morning sessions on demand. We've got a great afternoon lineup as well. By the way, Chamath Palapatia, Brad Gerstner. They'll talk a lot of SPACs. Scott Sperling, Kate Pawn. Afternoon session kicks off at uh, 2 p.m. But right here, up next, Stop Trading with Jim. Stop trading. What are so, you thinking? So much to talk about. Micron, I predicted it would probably barely be down. It is. It's only 15 cents down. It's down three. Yes. Analysts don't know what they're doing. David, I've got to tell you, Boeing, we got an upgrade from Bernstein. And they're basically saying the bottom is in. I think it's a very big call. But Boeing, the most Boeing is up four, over 4%. Yeah. We actually, I'm glad you mentioned that. The, and yeah. the, the max went off without a hitch, according to Morgan Stanley. Uh, this is the uh, test in China. I think that China, when hell freezes over, will buy a lot of maxes. Uh, they don't like you. Remember, it's a Chinese communist. They're not really into us right now. And, David, I want to talk about a firm. Okay. A firm is going from being a buy now, pay later thing to being a platform, if not an ecosystem. And I have a max left shit on tonight, and I believe. How I is believe. It, I, I mean, we're running out of time here, but how is it doing that? Like, what, what do you well, mean It's offering you say a that? credit card, debit plus, okay. capital loans, Got brand it. sponsored promotions, yep. rewards, cash back. There it is. Crypto trading. All so the things Max Levchin's going to be joining you on the show. Like, Whose show is that? Uh, that's, that's your show. It's the one that you do all the booking for. Yeah, I do. 23andMe, I want to know wow. about. Wow. Uh, it's gene, gene sequencing in light of. public through a SPAC, right? Yeah, we yeah. did a SPAC. Yeah. Um, I just, I did it in 23andMe for my dog. For your dog? Yeah. 37% Australian cattle rustler. Really? Yeah. That's the dominant. Didn't know that. Yeah, 2% Doberman. Look out. That's that nasty stuff. I didn't even know you could do 23 and Oh, yeah, 23 me for dogs. Yeah. David, I suggest it highly. All right. Well, have a great show later on the I want to show. stay here with you, but I can't. i got to introduce Sanjay Morota yeah, right now. Have and then Benioff. And lunch with Benioff. He's in town. Doesn't go I far can't. without Jim next And I'm him. playing this guy, Tremble. Tepper has not checked off. Uh, Jim, Coming up. Tepper owns the Panthers. Yeah. He's the happiest man on earth. Fantasy it's okay. Football. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.